0: Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I'm your host. I'm an intuitive human design reader, a certified professional coach, and an instigator of joy. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for tuning into this podcast and this conversation. And today I'm bringing back Emma Jensen. She was just on a couple episodes ago, and we were totally nerding out on all things human design. And we weren't done yet, (laughs) so we created a part two, and here it is for your enjoyment today. Before we get into that, I just want to share some observations with you. As we are in this time of quarantine and slowdown, this invitation to dig into our own individual AP classes I'm loving uh the Sandhill Crane, which is a bird, a very large bird that lives here in Sarasota, Florida. And they're they're large, powerful, majestic creatures. And they make this call that sounds sounds like a Velociraptor raptor. I, I think these guys are amazing. And I remember when we first were traveling around the country in the camper and we came to visit Sarasota a couple sandhill cranes came and they were like right outside our campsite and we were like what is that sound so we shared a video on social media and a few people were like oh my god i hate those birds they're always in the way and i think of that every time i see one here because yesterday i was riding my bike and i was going down a road and a car ahead of me it was stopped and it was stopped because there was a stand crane just waltzing down the middle of the road in front of it. And I thought of that comment like, oh, I hate those birds. They're always in the way. I love these birds so much. They teach us so much. One, they do not care at all about who you are or where you think you need to go. They remind us to pause. They remind us how small we are, how much we are a piece of this puzzle, and it is absolutely positively not all about us. And they remind us how powerful we are in their own power and in their willingness to take up space and to take up the space of like, you know, when they're crossing the street, they walk at their own speed. They're not feeling the pressure to hurry across the street like people often do. So I invite you to lean into the energy of the sandhill crane and take up space and pause and be seen and ditch all the titles and labels or anything that might be making you feel like you are different, separate from others and own your own power, own the space that you take up. Now, switching it back to human design, let's get into this conversation with Emma. I hope you enjoy it. And if you do, please share it all over the place on social media and tag both me and Emma. Thank you so much. Go forth and be awesome. I'm so excited to do this with you again.
1: I'm so excited to do this with you again. I could do this like all the time with you. It's so fun. Maybe we will. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the last time we could have just kept going for like two hours. I think we could have gone for like four. Yeah. Yeah. I think
0: it would have been an all day thing.
1: Totally. Well, it's just so exciting. Like once you get started, it's hard to stop.
0: Yeah. 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 Because it's like, oh, and there's this and this and this. And did you know you have this in your chart? And oh my god, yeah. You're so good at this.
1: <laughs> yes, so this is how like almost all my conversations go with people. I'm like, "Oh, oh, like if I can bring this back to human design for you, like, can I explain this to you?" And then it like goes down this rabbit hole. No. So, hopefully it's helpful for people, but it's it just it can it just happens.
0: I I totally understand. Same with me. Yeah.
1: Oh my God.
0: So and there's a flag that goes up every time I say human design to somebody who's like not in an actual like client session. I'm like, Oh, I'm aware that I say it all the time. And I'm
1: not sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Like this is actually helping you. Yeah. So I really hope that you can take in the information, but can you please, at least for me, can you please invite me to tell you more about it? Because Mm-hmm. I want you to be able to take it in and not just not hear it. But, you know, sometimes I don't wait. And it's okay if they take it or not take it because I just get so excited. And,
0: well, that's actually you creating too. So maybe then they see you. They see you creating. And they could still invite you without, like, quietly. Without a formal Totally. Occasion.
1: Totally. Yeah, they can for sure energetically invite me. But it's more... Being able to tell if they are or not, and if yeah. they're just like, I'm like, oh yeah, do you know about human design? And they're kind of like, yeah, cool, okay, like next topic. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, but wait, can we go back to that for a second? Because there's just like, just, just at least tell me, like, let me tell you this one little bit. Like it'll so help you, I think. <laughs> they're like, no, I'm good, thanks. Okay, moving on. I'm like, oh. okay, well, when you next time, we'll talk about it next time. I'll just seed it now. We'll talk about it later.
0: Are you good at holding on to things like that? Like, can you hold it? Can you hold
1: it in? I've gotten better learning about. So being a projector and learning the strategy for waiting for an invitation was liberating, but also so difficult because it made so much sense for my life. And I could see how so many times within my life I had um, shared stuff and it either triggered people Or then I was called, you know, pushy, bossy, whatever. And when I learned about it and I was like, okay, so I need to keep things in more and not just share everything and wait for somebody to invite me. And it was so hard. And sometimes it still is, but I'm more conscious now of just being like, I'm consciously making the decision to share the information without the invitation. And sometimes I'll remember or I'll forget to like invite myself. So being like, Hey, like, do you mind if I share with you? which sometimes I do. And sometimes I'm just like, blah, cause I just can't keep it in anymore. But I've gotten a lot better of just like keeping it in and being like, you know what, if they want to hear about it, they know that I'm here and I'm happy to talk to them or like give my advice or whatever, but I'm not going to push myself on people. And I know when I don't results are so much better than when I do. And, then like how I could see it happening like just doesn't because they don't hear me or they won't take it because it comes off much more aggressive or abrasive than like helpful so then it's like okay well that's okay (laughs) we'll try again I'll try again another time do you think
0: there's a gender difference you know like male projectors do you think Well, since society might be more comfortable with men being like supposedly aggressive.
1: Yes, I think it's, I think it's definitely much more like societally accepted for men are supposed to be, and I'm putting that quotation marks, um, aggressive or assertive is a lot of times like you hear men are assertive and women are aggressive Mm -hmm. when it's the same thing. Um, but I think a lot of that is changing, so that's really helpful. But yes, I mean, I have been called all a lot of things, um, because of it, which is fine. Like the just shows and gives me references of how I'm like when I'm energetically incorrect sharing my stuff with others. But yes, like I definitely think it's easier for guys to get away from, get away with, like not necessarily waiting for the invitation and just sharing and having it be more accepted because it's like, oh, well, he really knows what he's talking about or whatever than than females. But again, I think it's changing.
0: And, well, it would be interesting to see how that, like, what ends up happening in the long run. Mm -hmm. They shared without receiving an invitation. So do they get, like, celebrated a lot at first and then that advice actually just – doesn't land
1: yeah I don't know it would be really interesting because there's also for projectors there's like this extra this extra thing for the invitation of it also applies to like you needed the invitation for a date or for moving in or like for getting engaged and getting married and that would be really difficult for a male projector because again in society there's this big thing that the guy does all these things right mm-hmm. they're the ones that propose and they're the ones that ask us out on dates first and they're the ones that do all like do all these like steps if you will within a relationship and so it can be really difficult especially difficult for two projector people to be together like how do you find that invitation and a lot of that is like inviting each other to like share or like inviting yourself to share but Yeah. There's just, there's so much that, and it's so intricate, but also can be so easy once you kind of get into it. It's just, it's not how we were raised or not how society tells us that this is how you live life. It's a lot of like, you need to go out and grab it. Yeah. Which doesn't work for all of us.
0: Or really any of us. Well, manifestors. Yeah.
1: Yeah, totally. And Like for manifesting generators and generators, like, I think it's amazing that they get to respond to things. So like you get to respond to the things that are coming at you, Mm -hmm. which you, there's still a waiting game in there, but usually it's not as long necessarily as a projector. So for projectors, there can be a lot of like second guessing yourself or self-doubt within that period of like when you're waiting for the invitation like do i have something that's actually valuable to share and then when you start going down that path you're not recognizing yourself and when you're not recognizing yourself you're not drawing in those invitations then that makes it a lot longer so there's like there's so much like the, being a projector is kind of like a open invitation for like self development because if you're not working on yourself and you're not seeing yourself as Somebody who really can have like has something really worthy to share uh, to with others that can help others. That you like, there's something that you do that comes so easily for you that is like something that you really want to share with the world. If you can't find that within yourself and really like see yourself as almost like an authority on that, then those invitations are fewer and far between. But once we start getting more like once we recognize ourselves more then those other, like the invitations of things that we're looking for start coming in more. But it's like hard to recognize yourself when there's not people asking you for the thing or, you know, like lining up and like wanting all of your services or whatever, whatever your thing is. But once you start recognizing yourself, you'll see those invitations come in a lot.
0: I think it's interesting because I also, I hear what you're saying. I agree with you. I see it. And I look around this, especially the human design space, and I'm like, wait, am I the only MG here as a reader? Like non-projector at least? And that's an interesting, like projectors are here to guide us. I'm I'm here to play with you. Totally. I'm going to do it differently.
1: Totally. And that's like, it's so cool because we all, and even within the human design space, granted, I haven't seen a ton of people give readings, but we all approach it in a little bit of a different way and you get something a little bit different from each person. And, you know, one projector may do human design that's much more like health focused or nutrition focused where another does um, like more parenting. I think we follow the same person on Instagram that does like a lot of parenting stuff. Mm -hmm. And like it's fun to see an MG in that space because it's so like you have so much energy and so much play around it that it's so fun to watch and to like be part of. Yay. Thanks. Yeah, totally. Well, and it's not the only thing, right? Like as a true MG, this isn't the only thing that you do.
0: No, of yes. course not. It can't of be not. I yeah. can't handle that. <laughs> I can't imagine that. I really can't. I had a friend, a generator friend recently was saying that she had been in her corporate career for 15 years. And I was like, oh, that's a lot of years. That's just a really long time doing the same thing and not doing other things on the side. And yeah, I just, it couldn't do that. I'm not meant for that. I'm not built for that.
1: No, but she might've been. Yeah. Like if that was the thing that lit her up, Mm -hmm. Like she was legitimately living her design. Like that's perfect.
0: Exactly. And that's, that's what the beauty of human design is seeing like, oh my God, that's so perfect for you. So amazing for you. Yay. Go you. Totally. So not for me. Don't, I'm not going to go do that. But like celebrate what we're each meant for.
1: Exactly. And I think it's important for people to know too, um, if they don't already that, no matter what type you are within human design, you can thrive in a corporate career. Like, I feel like there's a lot within human design that people hear about it and they're like, oh, well, I shouldn't be doing this. Like, I should get out of this corporate job or I shouldn't, I, I should work for myself. But like, I don't know what I should do. Like, no, like you don't have to, if that's not what resonates for you, that's not what lights you up. That's not what you're good at, whatever like you can be a projector in a corporate job. You can be any of these types in a corporate job and thrive. You just, it will look differently for each type. So like a projector is going to have to get a little bit creative and have really good boundaries within a corporate career. But you, I I could totally thrive in a corporate career if it was the right one for me. So I I don't know. I, I don't know why I feel like there's not a lot of like talk around that, but yeah in a corporate job in with any type,
0: yeah I hear a lot of mumblings in the in the human design space that I don't like, but like oh my, I'm a projector, I can't do that, yeah. or I'm a whatever, totally, and I can't do that, and that's not true. Mm-hmm. you can be like you can be an athlete as a projector or a reflector. Totally. I hear a lot of that, and no you can, you still, the world is wide open. Human design should help give you a permission to be your best self and help you be your best self instead of like banning you from doing certain things.
1: Totally. And like you said, it gives you permission. It's like opens the box so that you can do whatever you want. Yeah. And it, it shows you how you can best do it for your type. Like as a projector for me, if I like had, so if I was an athlete, or I was in a corporate job, either one doesn't really matter. And I had like a big race coming up or I had a big project coming up. I would find the people around me that are a generator or manifesting generator. So I'd find you Mm -hmm. and I'd say, Hey, let's team up for a little bit because I need your energy (laughs) to get to, to do whatever this big thing is. Doesn't mean I can't do it. It just means that I need to jump on your energy when I need it. And I'm going to use it to the best of my ability. And then I'm going to jump off and I'm going to recover when I'm done. Yeah. But we can totally do all of the things. It's just being much more conscious of how we're doing it and knowing that, okay, I know for myself working like 50 hours a week, like all the time is not good for me because I've done that multiple times and I see how I burn out each time. So, okay, working so consistently doesn't work well for me. So how can I be more creative in how I show up and how I need to use my energy and then how I discharge of all of the like other generator, manifesting generator, all of that sacral energy at the end of the day. Like, How can I get that out of my system as fast as possible, or at least as like as consistent as possible so that I can completely recharge myself so that I can show up the next day as my best self.
0: How do you empty out?
1: Well, I spend a lot of time alone. <laughs> uh, so even so, now I feel like as a kind of a bad example because now I live in nature and I don't. I'm not around people a lot. But when I was in a corporate, my last corporate career at Apple, so very demanding, I had a pretty good. A pretty. I had a pretty good handle on things. So I had been in human design for a year and a half or so. I um, had been learning a lot about things like who I am, how I operate, was trying to like figure out all my coworkers. Like, ooh, I think you might be a generator. Like some of them, I ran their charts. Like I had really cool people. Um,
0: you really cool people who can just like yeah. slide into conversations. So like, what time were you born? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, they were so amazing yeah I, I shared all of my like woo-woo-ness um, with them because you know working in an engineering place um, a lot of this can seem very woo-woo um, but yeah I would be like oh yeah I'm learning this thing about human design and I'd go into it and so I, I got after I talked about it enough a few of them got interested and like I was able to run their charts and it was really exciting but even then I lived by myself which was I think paramount for me And I was really good about spending however much time alone that I needed. So I had kind of like a routine in the morning because I'm a morning person and I do like routine. It's in my chart. It's like a whole thing. Um, But I knew what would help me set me up for the best of my day. And then at the end of the day, if I felt exhausted, I wasn't going to push myself. And I knew that because of all of the hours and all of the different responsibilities that was on my plate there, that it wasn't going to be sustainable for me. So once I understood that and put as many boundaries around when I could work or when I when I wasn't going to work, which can be difficult when you're working with China because you're like, okay, after six PM, like I'm not working anymore. But then something happens in China and now you're on the phone at eight, nine, 10 PM and you're like, but I want to be asleep. Um and I I really honor myself with sleep. I love sleeping. And so I was really good about, okay, I'd be asleep, like going to sleep in bed by 10 p.m. every night. And I'd like, that was a non-negotiable for me because I'd get up at five. And so I'd even try to go to bed earlier if I could. But it was very much guarding my space on weekends if I needed to in my evenings, like I just took as much alone time kind of as I needed to get rid of a lot of that energy and to allow myself to kind of come back to center. Let's
0: you touched on how you are built for routine. We'll speak yeah. into that a little bit. We both are.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: When you first heard that well, like actually let me share first. I'm gonna I'm gonna go first. Um, when I first heard like say you love routine, I was like, wait, what? Because like, um I don't in so many ways. Like I love newness. I love things that are brand new. But then someone was like, Well, like, imagine a morning routine. And I was like, Oh, yeah, don't mess with my morning routine. <laughs> <laughs> that is a hard, non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. It is a, I will get up at three thirty a m to get it all in if necessary.
1: yep, totally. So same. So for me, I have so I have my will center, which you do too. So I have kind of like the will to if it's something I decide to do, I'm gonna do it. But for me, like having structure has always been something that was really important to me. I need to know the framework of like how to play within that. And for me, like routine, I just have always found myself naturally finding a routine. So whether it's in the morning or it's in the evening, it's, you know, how I walk my dog every day or when we like how I make meals, how I do my morning routine, which it now involves a tradition, like what people call a morning routine now, but before would just be, I wake up, this is what I do. Then I do this and I do that. Like that is like, it just all I always had. It was very, it was very predictable. Like, oh yep, Emma's up at 545. Oh, she's going to the gym. Like, oh, whatever the thing is. <laughs> like it was, and it wasn't hard for me. For me, like once I decide to do something, as long as I actually decide to do it and it's not like I'm telling people I'm going to do it, but on the inside, I'm like, I don't actually really want to do this, but I feel like I have to do it. If I actually believe like, yes, I really want to do this, then it's, it's not hard. It just flows. And if I don't do it, then I feel more like off kilter. I don't feel as grounded as when I do my routine.
0: Yeah, I agree completely. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a, um, and I actually can't say like when I have skipped my routine when it beca- it's such, yeah. I protect it so much that I'm you like, no, to. no, why would, like, why would I talk to you before 10 a.m.? <laughs> it's my <laughs> walk time. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you ask such a thing?
1: Well, and it's also learning boundaries. So it's one is learning that routine is like sacred to you, but then two is having the boundaries and essentially the self-worth to be like, I'm protecting this for me because I know I need this. And that took me some time to get to that, to where I had the boundaries. I had the self-worth to be like, no, like this is my time. I'm not going to allow anybody to encroach into it because I also have people pleasing as part of like just my nature. And I'll allow people that's like, oh, well I need help or, oh, I, you know, I can do this call, but it can, it can only do it, you know, at 9am or whatever. And I'm like, but that's when I normally do this or whatever. But I'm like, oh, it's okay. Like, I'll just do it for you. And then I can get into the spiral of now I'm just doing what everybody else wants and not what I want. Mm -hmm. So that's been really key for me also, but it kind of also leads into the arrows of the top left one, the red one, when it's pointing to the left, which we both have, we're very consistent. Consistency is like a very big thing for us. So again, like having the will center and having this pointing to the left, having gate five, like, It's not hard because we just, it's, it's part of our being. Like it's just baked into us and it's really important for those who have all the opposites of that potentially that you're not like you, it's okay that you don't have a routine or you try to have a routine and it doesn't work or you fall off and you're just like, you get super hard on yourself or the other way of us looking at those people. And saying, "Well, why can't you have a routine? It's so easy." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, yeah, it's easy for me because I have all of this in my chart that's like helping me make it easy. But not everybody's meant to have such a like strict routine or have like just this desire and this will to have all of these things and rituals and whatnot. So we have. It's again like going back to having compassion with <clears throat> ourselves. But also with other people of like, it's okay to not have a routine or to not be built this way, to not be a morning person, to whatever. Like if you're not a morning person, don't force yourself to have a morning routine and wake up at 5 a.m. Like that's not going to help you. That's only going to make things worse.
0: And I think you just used the word strict and it reminded me that for us, I' am guessing this is true for you, too. It doesn't feel like I, it's nothing that I'm forcing myself to do. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, gotta buckle down and do all of this stuff in the order that I like set out to do it. no, this is this is how I flow because mm-hmm. by being by following this routine, and my day is by no means structured. Like my morning it has has a specific order. but, um, I often like lunch is a fluctuating thing for me. That's a weird, a weird thing that I do not like to have at a specific time. When someone asks me, like, when I'm going to do a bike workout, I'm often like, I don't know when I get to it. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't feel like there's no, there's no like, you know, cracking the whip on myself and like forcing myself to do this. This is, this is flow for me.
1: Totally, it's like I have this pull to do it. Yeah, it's like this desire. Like I, I, I don't feel necessarily b- the best setup for my day if I don't do my routine, my morning routine, which is like a card pull, journaling, meditating, walking Ranger when it's eighteen degrees out. So. Um, but if I don't do those things, then I don't necessarily feel my best, and so yeah, it's not really forcing myself. It's like, no, it's like this need and this pull to like have to do it or to want to do it. Because if I don't, then I just don't feel good. Yeah. And not everybody necessarily has that. So it's like, okay.
0: And it's actually the way you described that reminds me of when I first went gluten-free, people would ask me like, how do you have the the discipline to, to stick with that? I'm like, well, I don't feel good when I eat it. So it's actually really easy for me. I don't eat it because it makes me feel sick.
1: Yep, totally. I had the same question when I stopped eating ice cream because I I used to eat a gallon of ice cream a week. Like I was a legit ice cream eater. And once I stopped eating so much dairy and then I had it again, I got really sick. And so they're like, wait, but you used to eat it all the time. Like, yeah, but I can't now because I feel terrible after. So I don't want to do it anymore. But again, like it kind of points back to the will center and to the heart we have it defined, but we're in the minority, you know, like 70% of the world has this undefined. So you have a more fluctuating like will to do things or desire to do things or motivation to do things. So it's again, like having that compassion that we're not all built the same way. And just because something comes super easy to me, doesn't mean it's going to come super easy to the next person. And that's what like, (laughs) It's what I love so much about human design because it just gives so much more understanding to everybody about yourself and about others that you can now like approach each relationship, each person, like even yourself with this deeper understanding of, okay, like I totally get it. Like this is how you operate and that's amazing. And now I know how to best show up for you because now I'm not going to like force you or like judge you or say like, well, why can't you do this? Or you should do that or whatever. Cause I'm like, Oh, well, that just doesn't work for you. Like, cool. Now I'm going to help you maybe understand this is where I'm waiting for the invitation. Maybe it gets hard sometimes, but I'm going to help you understand that, you know, you're not necessarily built this way. So stop shooting yourself and stop like supposed to you're you, I don't know how you say that, like yourself. And and like now, start writing more with this like flow that you do have, and find what's natural for you. Which can sound scary because it almost seems like uncharted territory. Mm-hmm. But it's just natural, like.
0: And it's literally in your chart, so it is yeah. charted territory.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah. No, I love that. Okay, <laughs> but there's just there's so much messaging out there that is you have to do this, or you have to you know be this, or do all these things in order to be successful, and that works for some people, but it doesn't work for everybody. And so there can be a lot of shame and stuff with all of that when it doesn't work for you.
0: I've been talking about this with a lot of athletes lately.
1: Mm.
0: Um, because I see a lot of people right now, as we're all in safe at home is what we're calling it. Mm. Um, a lot of people, a lot of triathletes are feeling unmotivated Mm. and I've been explaining to them, you know, 70% of people do not have a defined will center and your motivation is supposed to come in waves. So maybe you're in the trough of that wave and maybe this is an invitation for you to explore what that means and what that looks like and what gifts you can find there. And then I see all these other people being like, okay, I know you're unmotivated. So here's an accountability challenge or here's this challenge. And I'm like, you know, maybe that's, Not the best thing for you to do right now. Like maybe don't force yourself.
1: Exactly.
0: Not built to do right now.
1: Yes. I love that so much.
0: Oh, wait. And I have another thing to say about that. I just remembered that I've heard the term type A a lot lately Mm -hmm. and that drives me crazy. Um, because the literal term for type a is like, like literal meaning is it's somebody who's like super high stressed, like red in the face. Like they're, it, it was, I think it was invented for cardiac patients. So it's like somebody who is, you're going to have a heart attack, like right now. Um, obviously there is a better way to describe all of this, like more scientifically accurate, but I see a lot of people, a lot of triathletes, for instance, are like, oh, well, we're all type A. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And I don't know what that means, how you're using it. Mm -hmm. But type A doesn't mean you need to like be rigid or be doing the challenges or beat yourself up about not feeling motivated or any of that.
1: Totally. And we shouldn't be stressed all the time. So yes, there's going to be stress within our lives, but if you're valuing yourself because you're super stressed out and that's making you super productive, then you're doing not something wrong, but there's something askew within how you're approaching things or within your chart that you're most likely overusing something that you're not meant to consistently. And if you continue down that path, it will lead to some kind of illness or to dis-ease yes. of some kind, and I can say this because I've I spend a lot of money and a lot of time being very um, diseased. I guess um, that no doctor could really understand what was happening or why it was happening, and lots of shots and lots of things later, still like nothing changing until I changed my environment. I changed what was happening. I got myself out of a situation that was um, not beneficial for me. And then everything went away. So it's not when you say like disease, when you say illness, it doesn't always mean that, you know, you come down with like a flu or you come down with some kind of like labeled disease or illness, but it can literally just be all of these like aches or pains or all of these things within your body or your system that nobody can understand why they're happening or how to get them to stop.
0: Yeah. Um, (laughs) Current distraction by Sadie right now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is, this is perfect. Let's move around to other arrows. What okay.
1: one do you want to talk about next? I, I mean, I always go to the bottom right one because I just, I think, so I think the other thing I would say about the top left one is when it's pointing to the left, I love this messaging about like eating and whatnot and that it's, you know, associated with your brain and your brain like using power. And when it's pointing to the left, like it's really important for you to eat when you're hungry. And intermittent fasting maybe isn't the best thing for you. And that when it's pointing to the left, you actually end up burning more calories than those who have it pointing to the right. So don't shame yourself. Don't like get down on yourself of like, I'm hungry all the time or I eat more than everybody else. Um, oh my gosh. Because it, it's just because your brain needs more fuel to operate than those who have it pointing to the right. Nothing is better or worse than anything else. It's just, it's all different.
0: Yes. And as an MG with that arrow pointing to the left, I'm like maximum calorie burning here. I need a lot of them.
1: Yeah, so much. And I mean, for MGs, I don't, I think you're, you're vegetarian, vegan.
0: Yeah. I don't like labels. So right now I'm not eating any animal products.
1: But you're not eating. Yeah. Okay. You're not, you don't eat animal, animal protein. Right. But for, for MGs and G- and generators, it's um, like you sometimes maybe need that, not mm-hmm. to say you have to have it, but because you have that furnace, that's like always burning that you need a lot of stuff to stoke it essentially. Whereas people like projectors, we can thrive on, on a more plant-based diet because we don't have to stoke anything. Like right. just- your
0: birds eating like... <laughs> Nuts and berries, like
1: birds. Yeah, (laughs) exactly, and that works. And so it's a lot of like stop labeling, like having to label yourself or say that I am supposed to eat this way or I should eat that way or whatever. And it's more finding what works for you, but knowing that for those who do have their sacral defined, that you are burnt, you you have so much energy that you need to keep up. So you might find that you need like heavier or bigger meals. In order to do that where like projectors it's better for us to like eat throughout the day because we don't have that and we need to have that like little ups of energy throughout the day and if we had big meals then that's going to more weigh us down than like lift us up
0: i had a friend in grad school who used to always she'd eat like a quarter of when we'd go out to eat she'd eat like a quarter of her meal and then be like i just can't eat anymore and i haven't done her run her chart But I wonder if she's a projector. Mm, Um, And so she would just like nibble on the rest of the day. And this is long before I knew about human design. And I'd feel a little guilty as I'm like, I'm still hungry. I'm still a lot hungry. Like I'm probably going to finish this whole plate. (laughs) And now I know, yeah, that's actually totally what I'm supposed to do.
1: Yeah. And it's perfect. And there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. Like that's exactly how you're meant to eat. And because you are hungry, you should eat. It's not going to make you overweight. It's not going to do all these things to you. It's just that you need all of that to feed your body, to feed your brain. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I love food. So I just love talking about this because I know there can be some weird things about food. And how much you can eat or you should eat or how you should eat. And, and variety of food. Yeah.
0: I've got, I can't remember if we talked about digestive pros, pro, wow, digestion profiles last time, um, but I'm open taste. So yeah. I'm supposed to eat. I go through seasons of like eating the same foods, like yeah. supposedly like maybe the same, like 12 foods over and over and over again until the season shifts. And then it's another, it's a new set of 12 foods.
1: I love, I feel like I am that, but I'm, according to my chart, I'm not, I'm calm touch, which is all about like eating by yourself and like not eat, like eating in restaurants is, can be very overwhelming, which makes so much sense because I don't really like eating out very much and I don't like big crowds of people. And so going into a restaurant that's like crowded and and loud is more stressful to me than anything else. Um, but I I feel like I can eat the same foods all the time. So I feel What's like it? I have both.
0: I feel like I have that a little bit too because yeah. I don't like talking when I eat.
1: Oh yeah, totally. I'm like, "No, don't talk to me. You can talk mm-hmm. to me when I'm done." Yeah.
0: But don't, why would you talk to me at a time like this? I'm
1: busy. Can't you see that? Why are you trying to take time away from the food that's in front of me? Like, let me just devour this and enjoy it and then let's like we can talk about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Thanks for understanding me.
1: <laughs> I get, I get you. I am you. I feel like we're very similar in a lot of ways. I think
0: we are. I mean, our, yeah, our arrows are all exactly the same. Yeah, totally. Um, let's get into that bottom right arrow, oh, the yeah. specific or non-specific.
1: Yes. I love this arrow because again, messaging that's out there is, can be so counterintuitive or counterproductive to those who have it pointing to the right, which we both do which when it's pointed to the right, you're a non-specific manifester, right? So like you're meant to have a more open palm to the universe and a more, um, focusing more on feelings than focusing on specifics. Like how do you want to feel? Or if you know like what your soul is calling you to like a legitimate, your soul is calling you. It's not your mind saying, Oh, when I have this thing, it's going to make me happy or it's going to bring me all these things. It's like, you no, know, like I feel this massive pull to this thing, like keeping it general because we just don't really know what we want or what's best for us. And if we try to get into the specifics of it, it actually will kind of get in the way of those, like of us calling those things in. Yeah. So if I like, like I'm trying, and flow. yeah, exactly. If I'm like wanting to call in um, like a piece of property or a house. For me, if I sat down and made a list and was like, I want it to look like this, I want it to have this many rooms, I want it to have this kind of like finishings, I want the property to look like this, I want it to be in this location, I want it to cost this much, like da-da-da-da-da-da. That is gonna be so unhelpful and it's gonna take so long for that thing to come in because I don't actually know what all those things should be. And I think the more that you embody this arrow, the more that you realize that you don't really know what you want. Yes. Yeah. I found, you know, I've had so many coaches and I've seen so much messaging that's like, you need to script to the universe what you want, because if you don't, you're not going to get it. And I'm like, oh crap. Okay. Well, like I want it. So like, let me sit down and like write all this down, like how much I want to make and what I want it to look like and all this stuff. And every time I do that, sometimes stuff comes through, but it's usually like few and far between, or it's not as, it's not as much or like what I was actually calling in. You're like all the way there. But now like, as I embody it more, I'm like, you know what? I don't really know what I want, but I know how I want to feel. And I know what the feelings look like. And I know what, like I'm being called to some kind of expansive property somewhere. I don't know where it is. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know if there's a house on it or not. Like, I don't know all those specifics, but I know how it makes me feel. And so that's what I focus on. And that's going to help bring in everything else. And if I focus on, you know, I want to feel abundant. I want to make a big impact in the world, which is also in my chart. Then yeah, that's going to also help bring things in versus if I'm like, I want to make this much money each month. And I want it to look like this. I want it to come from these like people or these sources or whatever. Like that's not helpful. At least you know, not for us.
0: I also, I can't like when I do that, when I, the few times I tried to do it, because I too was told this is how I have to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I totally made stuff up. Yeah. Like, it's like, it doesn't come from my soul. It's mm-hmm. like I I don't know. Um, how much money do I want? Like, it's like just randomly grabbing a number out of the hat.
1: Totally. He's it's got of like no a brain attachment.
0: Thing. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I don't have that file.
1: Totally. And we're not meant to. And there's, I've, I have personally felt like there was something wrong with me mm-hmm. because I have, you know, you see all these people that are like, this is how you do it. And they, they've manifested all these things. I'm like, well, I'm doing it that way too. Like, what am I doing wrong? Or like, what's wrong with me or whatever. And then when you start embodying this more, which feels really weird at first, because you're like, wait, what? Like you're saying, I just have to be like, I want to feel really good. And then things are going to come to me that will make me feel that way. Like that sounds like craziness, right? Like that doesn't sound like it'll work.
0: Right. Because we feel like we were told that we have to work for everything.
1: And it's supposed to be hard and you're supposed to like do it a certain way. And if you don't do it that way, it won't come through. But if you do, like you will start seeing that things come through and a lot of times it's stuff that you would have never even dreamed of mm-hmm. or it's like above and beyond anything you could have dreamed, dreamed of and it's like just so much better and I, I love that and it's, it's so much more freeing now to just be like, okay, cool, all of these like <laughs> assignments or whatever that I've gotten from other people like this is how you do it. I'm like, cool, thank you but no, thank you. It doesn't work for me. So I'm going to do it in my way, but I, I I love that it works for you. And I'm going to like, feel into how I want to feel, what this looks like, kind of like all of that more general high level type of stuff. And it just makes me happier too, because it feels freer than like writing down this list and then going over this list all the time being like, this is what I want to bring in. And like, it just, like you were saying, like, it's you i don't feel attached to that but i feel so attached to the feeling of it
0: mhm cuz i think for a specific manifestor, it actually lights them up to go over that list and like talk to the universe and say this is these are the specific things they want and for us like oh there's a huge exhale and like shoulder relax and everything to be like that's none of my business yeah I don't have to know because as you're saying, like the universe always brings in something that's like, mm-hmm. I did. There's no way I would have come up with that.
1: Never. So thank you. It's the be- And you kind of get to be surprised, which is really fun.
0: Which I love because yeah. at first I was jealous that um, when reflectors are lit up, they're surprised. Mm-hmm. And I
1: was like, I want to be surprised.
0: Yeah. And yet – of course I want to be surprised because that's actually in my chart in this non-specific manifestor.
1: Totally. But, yeah. And you still get it. And it's, I just really want people that, cause I've, I've worked with and I have friends with a lot of people who are non-specific and going through this with them has helped them so much, like has given them so much more licensing and like freedom to let go Of or like even not necessarily let go of even doing the exercises, but let go of the feeling that they were doing it wrong. Yeah. Or that like why did it feel weird when this person told me that I need to do it this way? Like that didn't feel right, but I didn't understand why. And now that you're explaining it to me, like oh again, it's that shoulder relax, like that exhale of like, oh, okay, like this is me. I can relax into that more. And now I can more fully into that versus having this, like, oh, like this is what feels right, but it feels wrong now too because I'm being told it's kind of not what I'm supposed to be doing, but the other way feels wrong. Yeah, now, this like, is something
0: I want all business coaches to know this, please, yes. because I see so many of them. It's just they're all of their coaching, their, men- their mentoring is mm-hmm. all around specific. Manifesting yeah. and strategy, which is also not for us. Totally. Making these five year plans and yeah, don't, like I've, I I make it up. If so, like when I look back in the past, the times I had to say, Where are you gonna be in five years? I'm like, I'm writing a story. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything to me.
1: I've just never answered it. Like every time I've ever gotten that question of where are you gonna be in five years, where are you gonna be in a year? I'm like, I don't know. Like, why are you asking me? I don't know. Where I'm gonna be in two weeks. Like, what do you yeah. mean? Where I'm gonna be in a year or I'm, five years? Like, I don't know. I I'm don't think it's gonna. Yeah. I'm like, I don't
0: know what I'm doing tomorrow.
1: <laughs> <I know.
0: laughs> Other than my morning routine, of course, which happens every day.
1: Yeah. Like, what? yeah. Why are you asking such hard questions? Like, I don't, I don't get it. But I, I agree. Like, I think for every mentor, every business coach, every. Everybody who's you know working with clients in a way that's to kind of uplift themselves. Um, I think it's so important for them to understand human design, or at least to understand their clients' human design, because I've had plenty of coaches that were just complete opposite of me and has nothing wrong to do with the coaches. Like I'm not saying anybody is doing anything wrong. It's just they do what works for them and i didn't know at the time that that's that didn't work for me or that we were so different or even just like even if you don't want to know human design and you want to keep doing like your thing which like mad props you do your thing but almost like having your human design maybe like available for people to like understand be able to see so that i can see like okay yeah you're like you're you're gonna be a really good match for me because I know that we're, like, we're very similar. So most likely what you're coaching is going to be like really good for me versus somebody who has a very different chart or like, you know, has this arrow pointed differently or has different things. it at least gives me the ability to start that conversation with them and say like, okay, like how do you do this? Or how are, how do you coach about this? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, it allows, it allows that conversation to be had before getting into that partnership and then finding out later that maybe it's not the right one for you. And you wouldn't have known even to sound like a discovery call because it's not long enough, I feel like, to really get into and feel into how all of this is going to work. And so like just having this information and having it readily available at least allows the person coming into the partnership to make that, that decision or you know make the right right decision for them and for the coach. Like if they're not the right fit, then it's just not going to be the right fit.
0: Yeah. I I actually did away with discovery calls in my business. And I'm like, no, we start with a human design reading. Yeah. And that's how I want everything to be, not just with like coaches or mentors, but um, practitioners, like healthcare yeah. practitioners. Anytime I work with someone like rehab, show me your chart, please. Totally like let's, let's not have a conversation about nothing. Show me your chart. Or like, if you claim that you can do this intuitive healing on me, let me see your chart.
1: I want to know where your intuition is coming from. Uh, I'm laughing because I was just having this conversation with a friend the other day. It was like, you know, it'd be really nice if we could just walk around with our charts, like pinned to the front of us so that we could be like, oh, like, oh, you have this center. Like, hey, do you mind if we like meet up so I can use some of this or that? Or like, oh, like, you have some like really cool abilities or like you can do all these like really cool things or we're very similar. We're very different. Like all of this stuff, it just would be so interesting to be able to have, I mean, I know obviously like that's not a thing that would ever happen, but it can just bring so much understanding so quickly to people and not to take away from that beginning of a relationship or anything where you get to understand and know each other, like that still happens. Right. But this just gives you that, that underlying, that blueprint of, okay, like what's, what's your flavor? Like, what are you about? And like, what am I about? And then it kind of gives you that common ground to then move forward with.
0: Yeah. I well we need a manifestor to jump on board and start this movement.
1: <laughs> I know one. I'll ask her.
0: All right. All right. Let's <laughs> we'll start this. Everyone, just like, you know, have your screenshot mm-hmm. of your chart on your phone yeah. and just, hey, I'm Kelsey. Here I am. <laughs> look at me. Nice to meet
1: you here i am. here. you remember like bump i feel like bump was yeah. like a thing for a while like if we could do that with charts yeah oh gosh it would just be so helpful but even take away from conversations too but it, it, sometimes well, no it's, we would
0: just talk about each other's charts
1: <laughs> yeah currently currently it's um sometimes weird to ask people when they were born excuse me, do you know like what time you were born? Like, why mm-hmm. do you want to know? And then it's, and then the next thing is always like, Oh, let me text my mom. <laughs> let me call yeah. my mom. <laughs> I love that. I'm like, yes, and it's always the mom. To ask. Huh?
0: The moms never seem to ask. It's always like, Oh yeah. My mom says it was at this time and it was a beautiful day. And like, blah, 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 blah. Oh,
1: yeah. my mom for sure asked. She's like, oh, she did. oh yeah. She's like, this is the time, but why do you want to know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, this was before, this was before human design. This was, I was doing my natal chart and I've had a couple of my other friends, their moms would be like, you're born, you're born here then or whatever, but this time, they're like, why do you want to know? Or, or they know so much now they're like, oh, you're doing another one of your things. Like, cool. Okay. Like here's your time. <laughs> like, oh, I just love when they know like, yep, here's your time. Like whatever it's for. Cool. Like, I love it.
0: That's amazing. I was one of those weirdos who knew my birth time. Like I don't remember a time when I didn't know what time I was born.
1: Yeah. I think that's so cool. It's so cool. You had it on like your, your doll, right? Mm-mm. Oh, you're like the watch of your doll. Oh, no. Where who that are you that from? Of? That's I interesting. I thought it was you. Uh, now i have to figure out who it was uh, it was some podcast i thought it was your podcast and obviously it's it actually something
0: else's. that i so would have done but i don't didn't have a doll with a watch
1: yeah it's somebody they heard their birth time and they set it on their like american girl doll's watch yeah, as a kid I so would have done that but i didn't yeah Ugh, maybe i dreamed that you said that i don't I'm, now i have to figure it out that's funny um, okay. let's get into profiles ooh okay
0: so you're a six two, right?
1: Yes. Oh, and you're a four-six. We will have to have that six in there.
0: hmm And I I've, I've just observed something new about it for me.
1: Yeah? Yeah. So
0: I love engaging with people on social media and my email list gets a little neglected.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because I just realized like I feel my four energy of like, I'm I love humans. I want to connect yeah. with all the humans they feel me as an authority. Mm -hmm. So when my email drops in their inbox, I'm like, tell me, tell me about you. How are you? And I get like maybe one response Mm because for them, it's like a wisdom bomb dropping in.
1: Yeah, totally. It's not the, it's not the let's cultivate this relationship. It's the, you tell me all the things that you know, because I see you as an authority on all these things. Yeah. I love that. That's such a cool realization.
0: Yeah, that's just a week old, so I'm still oh,
1: percolating. So, so good. I love it. How
0: to it. work with that.
1: I love it. Um, So as a 6'2", it's interesting because I'm meant to see myself as a role model, which is interesting because I had many people growing up tell me that they saw me as a role model or that they wanted their kids to turn out like me. And I always thought was like, what are you talking about? Like, okay, like I'm just being myself, but like, I don't feel like it's that special. So it's been a lot now to kind of go back and say, and I'm still working on it. I am no, no expert at this, but to really come back and start seeing myself more as that role model, because other, I see myself more as the two, which is the hermit. I very much love my alone time. Any of my friends that are listening are like, yep, she likes to isolate herself in nature and that's it. Like she is okay by herself. And sometimes I use it as a crutch. So it's really more like finding the balance between the six and the two, which can be a little bit hard sometimes because it's not like it's a four or a five that's like pulling me to these relationships and and whatnot. It's more of myself pulling myself into being seen as a role model and like showing up that way versus just like hiding away and not necessarily hiding away. I do use my two like for bad or like in the negative way and just like literally hermit myself. But also it wasn't until I started like being more self-absorbed in my process that my gifts, that my purpose, that all of these things started like finally coming to the surface. And I say finally, because I started my whole personal development journey, essentially collecting coaches. I had four at one time. And my question to all of them was, what is my life's purpose? I know it's something bigger than what I'm doing, but I don't know what it is. Like, I need you to tell me what it is. And they're like, that's not really how this works. (laughs) Like, but you are the coach. Like you're supposed to be able to tell me this. And it wasn't until I went more like, into myself and stopped looking externally that all of these things started coming up, that animal communication and healing started emerging within me. And that was the first thing that came like up into my awareness of like, oh, wow, like not only like, can I do this? I can do it really well. And it comes really easily, which we can downplay because when it's easy, then it's not meant to be our thing, right? It's not meant to be the thing that you put front and center or that's not the thing that you make as your job because your job's supposed to be hard and did it like all these things, right? No, not true. (laughs) Whatever comes easy to you is like what you're meant to put your time and energy into and to give other people because it doesn't come easy to everybody else. If it did, then it, then it would be very different. People wouldn't be looking to you for that thing or wanting you to, because sometimes I'll, I'll see, especially at the beginning, not as much now, but now that I recognize myself for it, but at the beginning, because it did come easy, it would be more people like, oh, well, can you just do this for, you know, can you read this, this animal or this dog or whatever and not taking advantage of it just like, because they see it as coming so easy that it doesn't take as much like effort for you to do. So like, oh, well, it should be easy for you to do that. And I have definitely done that to other people too. Like, oh, you're really good at reading cards or you're really good at this. Like, can you just do this for me? And it wasn't until like, I finally recognized myself, which is a projector thing, but also a sixth thing that the boundary started going in place and things started coming up. And I started living more as my profile than I was any time in my past. <laughs> so it's been cool, like seeing the evolution of it and understanding things more like as a six right we have these like three different parts of our life and that first part of our life of living in trial and error and by life experience just really sticks with you the rest of your life and i don't think you necessarily understand how much it's like there like the underlying part of how you kind of live your life until you get older until you kind of get into this and you realize Yeah, I am kind of always have this like underlying fear of like failure or rejection or whatever because of that first 30 years and living the way that I was. And it's important for me to recognize, but it's also important for me to give or to help others understand who come into my life, to understand that that is there and that I have this kind of underlying insecurity of these things because of all the stuff that happened before. And it's not a good or a bad thing. It's just what it is. So I may need extra support sometimes because of it. Yeah. So I love it.
0: Yeah. For me, I'm, I remind people sometimes like, I look like I'm like happy and totally like strong on the outside, but still if you reject
1: me, Mm -hmm. it hurts my feelings. (laughs) Totally. And it's so important. And I don't think people necessarily understand so much because especially when people see the outside, they're like, Oh, you have, you're like totally put together. You're like, you know, the most confident person I know you're super strong. And then you look at yourself and you're like, I don't feel any of those things. Like, why are you saying that I am like, no, I, I need somebody to tell me I'm okay. Or it's going to be okay. Or like you're great or whatever. And like, just when you get into those like more insecure times, you're like, Oh, why can't people see me for me sometimes? Like, why can't you see what I feel or what I see right now? Like, why do you just see this other thing, which is amazing and beautiful. But also it's this like understanding that we need extra and then asking for it Mm -hmm. because sometimes we don't ask for it.
0: And that's actually been a a theme in my life of Mm -hmm. being called actually like a strong woman. And then being even back to my childhood, like being at swim camps and the other kids would get tips on their stroke, or lots of cheering, and I wouldn't. And I wonder why. Oh, because you can handle it. Yeah. I was like, no, I can't. No, I mean, you. I can, I can, but also I want, I want to. it.
1: <laughs> totally. I can totally resonate to that. I have definitely been there and have always been seen as, you know, you're so strong. Da 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 da. Like, or or get at all the extra tips that makes you feel like you're not good enough, but it's more that no, well, like a, you can take it. Right. And mm-hmm. two, we see there's so much potential that we want to like, help you make, like make you better. But because of the three and like, because you feel so vulnerable, it can almost come as like being attacked or rejected or like, you're not good, like all of these other things. So, Oh my gosh, I can totally resonate with that so much.
0: Um, So as a 6'2", especially with your hermit energy, how is the social isolation going for you?
1: I'm laughing because my life has not changed. Actually, it's changed a little bit. So it's changed in two ways. Um, I'm busier now than I was before. And my horseback riding lessons were canceled, which is like the biggest bummer. But otherwise i'm kind of th- i'm still thriving in in what i'm doing but my my whole life hasn't changed much because i live in nature for the most part um none of the like like the forest that surrounds this like i don't it's not i mean maybe some of the like the actual trails are closed but you can't just shut down the forest so we can still go into the forest and go off leash We still like walk around in the past. Like I was only leaving the house like once a week anyway, to go grocery shopping into my bareback lessons. And that's still happening for the most part to get like groceries and not bareback. But for me, like it hasn't really changed and I'm kind of loving that. I'm also really lucky that I am where I am. If I was in my apartment in California I would probably be feeling a little bit differently because it'd be much more like smaller space with not as much nature and with so many people around me and most likely like louder things happening, whether it's music or gathering. Well, even though you're not supposed to be gathering, but like people talking and like whatnot, that that would be a lot harder for me. But I'm pretty good, like just hunkering down and being with myself. So uh, for me, it's been not bad, but what about for you as an MG well, and as, as a four six? It's the four
0: six. I think so as an MG, yeah. I can still, I can still ride my bike. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's good. And I've started doing. I used to teach core classes, like I taught group fitness for years. So yeah. I've started my, teaching. It's just my husband and occasional friend that joins us via Zoom, but we're doing daily core classes. Oh, nice. Um, still doing strength workouts. Swimming is a little tricky. Pools have been closed. The beaches are officially closed. Um, sometimes I can get some access to the ocean. But as a four-six, yeah. I want my people. Like Absolutely. I want connection. Is at the heart of my chart. Yeah. And so this has been an interesting experiment for me. So in a, in a lot of ways, outwardly, my, my life hasn't changed that much either because I mm-hmm. have always worked from home. Um, but I want to connect with humans. Mm-hmm. So I go on social media yeah. and then I see all this fear stuff, which goes in my open ajna and swirls mm-hmm. around in there until it can like not land in my body because there's no place for it to land in my body. And I'm left being like, oh, that was not for me. Okay like let it, let it go. But it's this constant dance of, I kind of want to be on social media all the time. Cause there are the people on there.
1: Yeah. And I want the there's, there's all the people and all the connections. Have you been doing, um, like virtual coffee dates and like meetups and stuff? Like, has that been helpful? That helps. Yeah. Yeah. That helps. And constantly
0: reminding myself like,
1: okay, it's still no scrolling. Okay.
0: You can go yeah. on social media, but you may not scroll. It's not good for you.
1: Yeah. Cause there is so much fear and there's so much emotion going on, whether you're at home or, you know, if you're watching something or you're reading something like you still take in that energy. Mm-hmm. And I think it's been really, it's been really helpful for me for not like engaging with anything. Like I haven't watched or read many things on what's happening right now because I know that there's so much fear within that. And, I don't want to welcome that into my, my sphere as much as possible, which I think has been helpful. And it seems like most of the people that I'm following, at least on social media, haven't been like really fear talking about stuff. Like I've just been seeing all the good of all of the meetups happening and all of the like group chats that people are like friends are having and the classes that people are offering and just like, all of the community that's happening and coming together because of this versus all of the like almost like the I was gonna say hate speech, but that's not right. Like the fear stuff of like what's happening. So that's part that's been like really helpful.
0: I love that. And that's what I see when I don't scroll. Yeah. So Kelsey, again, just don't scroll. Don't scroll.
1: Don't scroll. It's fine. (laughs) And knowing that you're not the only one. So like you don't have to stay like you're not staying inside and everybody else is out and having fun, which I think can be helpful too, of knowing you're not the only one. We're all in this together.
0: That's actually interesting that you say that. I had pneumonia four, I don't know, doesn't matter, like, but four ish years ago during mm-hmm. the summer. And it was, it lasted eight weeks. And the biggest piece for me was the loneliness because I was the only one. Mm-hmm. All my friends, like my husband would go out to do yard work, and I'd be like, what are you doing? But so, like, when are you coming back? Like, totally, I'll miss you. Don't you want to talk to me? Can you tell me something. Can you just um, sit here, please? Yeah, yeah. And so that was that was a good lesson for this. But now, like, we're all in this together. Yeah. I know. I, yesterday, I threw together a live class, and there's a big part of me that's like, who's going to come to this? But because a lot of people have a lot of freedom, I got a bunch of people to come
1: amazing. There are so
0: many gifts in this.
1: So many it's been, it's really been beautiful. And maybe it's, I can say that because I haven't been watching a lot and because I'm in a place that is like the perfect place to be during this. And I am, you know, of an age that doesn't make me high risk for stuff, but it's just been really beautiful to see what's coming out of all of it. And it'll be interesting to see what happens once things kind of go back to where people are going back to work and all of that. And if things really change or if things just kind of fall back into the cycle that they were going before all of this happened. I hope it's more of like the first, like that we all kind of took this time to reflect and to become the best versions of ourselves and recognizing what distractions were just that distractions and that were not helpful. And, you know, how much did we kind of get to know ourselves better and to find, you know, where our true path or where, like, where our journey is leading us versus just, you know, getting into the autopilot of the the day-to-day stuff and then waking up in 10, 20 years from now and being like, wait, what just happened? Like, why? I I always said I was going to do X, Y, Z when, but I never did it. Like when never came because then something else always came up, or I always had my head down. And now that I'm looking up, like I feel like I've missed so much. So there's, I feel like, yeah, there's so much blessing within what's happening.
0: And I feel like, so I had Anahata Ananda on my podcast back in November, I think. And she said in 2020, we're going through the eye of the needle. Mm. Can't take your baggage with you. You're going to have to decide what
1: that you leave behind that's powerful so that's i feel so like cool. that's what this is 100 percent, 100 percent. and i know there's a lot of like bad happening in the sense you know people are dying and and so much but there's also like if we only focus on that then we miss yeah. all of the lessons and all of the things that we're meant to learn through it and of course we don't want people or any more people to die so stay home. Like do all the things like, don't, don't touch people. Don't like breathe on them. (laughs) Stop, stop doing all the things, but also like make sure you're taking stock of what, what is the good that's coming out of it? Mm -hmm. Because if we don't, then we kind of wasted something that was meant to be something really beautiful for the world. My friend Danielle
0: yesterday shared with us two questions. About this time, one, what are you grieving, and two, what are you going to take from this time,
1: to take forward? I love what you, that. What are you grieving? So I'm grieving my uh, that like when you said this, like it just came so easily. I'm grieving my who I was before all of this, and especially like living in a corporate job, and a lot of the beliefs and stuff that I held because of that, and what my life was meant to look like, or how work was meant to look and feel and be and how and who can, who can have, you know, expansive property and own it by themselves and who can do all these different things. That's like, I'm grieving that side of me, which maybe sounds a little bit weird. And then what was the other one?
0: What are you going to take with you? Like what, what gift from this time are you going to take
1: forward? Oh my gosh. For me, it's all of the connections. So within this time I've been a part of so many different like tea times or like women's groups, not so many, like a couple, but enough to where I've met so many amazing other people that I would have never normally met. And even the, the relationships that I already have have become so much deeper because of that. So for me as like the hermit, the isolated hermit, um, I'm going to take out so many more relationships and deeper relationships, and even like a deepening of my own, like gifts, especially like animal communication and healing. Like, that's even accelerated during this time. So, that's like, I'm going to take all of that and, and move that with me forward. Oh,
0: I love it. Yeah. It also reminds me that I really feel like, um, like we as online entrepreneurs have been ahead of a lot of humanity in our our virtual connecting Mm -hmm. and we know that we can create real relationships real deep connection in this space but there's been a lot of people have been really resistant to that and have been like Mm. no you have to be in person to make real connections i think a lot of people are changing their tune on that now and recognizing you can connect deeply with other humans when you're not in the same physical space
1: One hundred percent. Yes. Some of my best like friends are, they're not virtual. I've like met them in person, but they're like almost virtual relationships because they don't live here in a place where I can like touch them or do things with them physically. But I have a friend that we have a daily or not daily, sorry, a weekly virtual like meeting where we get on Zoom and we get to see each other and we chat like what's going on in our lives. We still text and stuff throughout the week, but we've had this set up for, I wanna say almost a year now. And uh, we were talking about it like the other week or the other day and I was just like, you know, we were like so ahead of the curve, like with this like meeting that we've been doing every week of just like touching in. Like you can have your best friends can live in anywhere in the world and you connect virtually and it's just like, be- it's not just like being in person, but you can still cultivate that same relationship that you would get in person. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Some of the people I'm closest to, I've never actually met in person.
1: Yeah. Cause you don't have to. Mm-hmm. It's so, it's, that's like the best part of like living right now. And with technology is that yeah. it's brought people so much closer that wouldn't have been.
0: I think that's one of the reasons this is happening now because we yeah. have the technology. We
1: can, we can do this. We can do all of this. We it's it. so good.
0: We got to wrap this up. Yeah. Um, I think on the last episode you said all the places for where to find you, but if people are listening to these out of order, totally, can we find you?
1: So you can find me, well, you can find me on Instagram, I guess, um, at Emma J zero four and on Facebook is Emma Jensen And then my website is www.connected-consciousness.com.
0: I love it. Thank you. Thank
1: you for playing with me again. Anytime. So fun.
0: All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't listened to the first episode with Emma, please go back and listen. It's just a few episodes ago. And did you know Emma is also an amazing animal communicator? I am so grateful for the work she has done for me and Makai. She's also an incredible animal healer. Uh, and I really can't say enough about her. So please, if you're looking for a deeper connection or for healing help with animals in your life, please hit Emma up. She's amazing. Now, if you are interested in free meditations, go to my website, kelseyabbott.com slash meditations. Go grab yourself some meditations. I just recorded some brand new ones. So there's some fresh ones up there. If you want to join me for a core class, go to kelseyabbott.com slash core. We're doing that on Saturdays right now, but check the website for the most up-to-date information. And if you would like to join me for a an individual deep dive into your human design chart or a session where we dive into your human design and your partner's human design and how they interact and play together, go to KelseyAbbott.com/slash human design to book your session with me. And finally, if you would like to support the Find Your Awesome Podcast financially, go to patreon.com slash Kelsey Abbott. Thank you so much for being your magical self, for listening today.
1: I love you.